This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. everybody here we are welcome thank you for being here i appreciate you i appreciate you listening i appreciate what you do every day for this planet i'm glad that we're making an influence and things are positive i am stoked to have my guests here today i emailed these guys this morning bright and early so i woke up feeling like a honey badger just ready to go kick some ass in the forest today i am ready to rock and roll with these guys we're going to have a wonderful conversation about what's going on with our friends over Calabo. so please everybody give it up park your car put it in park Start clapping your hands. Give it up for Helen Kurtz, the Senior Vice President, General Manager of all that prepared stuff. Danny Dumas, Senior Vice President, General Manager, all the stuff they're growing. They're here hanging out in conversations with us. Welcome. Thank you so much. That's my pleasure. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. I'm stoked you guys are here. This is going to be a fun conversation because I love love being able to talk to you guys because what both of you do, right? It's, we have this, do we have this? Two separate businesses running underneath this banner. It's kind of fun what you're all about, Helen, what you're doing, and Danny, what you're doing from the grow side and all this. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. I got some great questions. We have literally 8,309 questions today. So we're going to try to get them through in about 40 minutes if we can. <laughs> just, you know, hey, if you just say yes or no, we'll be done in like seven minutes. It won't be a problem. <laughs> yes. Anyway, before, before we get rocking and rolling a little bit here, as I traditionally do with everybody, and I shared this with you guys before we flipped on a camera and started working today, I don't like reading people's bios. I think it's campy. It doesn't come from the heart. It needs to come from your heart so people get to know you a little bit. So if you wouldn't mind, Helen, I'm throwing you the first softball. If you wouldn't mind, give everybody a little bit of you know your journey and your bio to uh, hanging out with me today. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, thank you for having us. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, I have been in food marketing for more than 25 years. I started my journey at General Mills out of Minneapolis, and I just loved working on incredible brands, you know, the Big G Cereals, Yoplait, Bisquick, Betty Crocker. Um, grew up in marketing, which at General Mills means uh, general management with a marketing edge. Um, I, from there, came back to California and worked at Foster Farms for five years, where Foster Farms, for those who don't know, is uh, the number one share on the West Coast, so real regional leader in poultry. Uh, I was a CMO there and uh, loved just bringing order and um, driving that incredible brand. We just sold that to private equity in June, and I joined Calavo in August. So um, here I am the SVP, as you said, general manager on Prepared, and it's been an incredible couple of weeks for me, and I'm thrilled to be here. So is CMO at Foster Farms, chief marketing officer or chicken marketing officer? <laughs> Both. I don't think I ever used that. Okay. I just, I just need to point a clarity there. I'm only asking yeah. for a friend. So, all right, cool. cool. Well, well I also had that. turkey, so I wouldn't want to leave them out. All right. All right. So we'll go with chief then. I like that. <laughs> well, welcome. And I'm stoked again that you're here. Danny, lay it on me, brother. Give everybody that fast track to this, this illustrious produce career kicking indoors his whole life. <laughs> well, Todd, you know what? Again, I want to thank you as well. Thanks for having us. Uh, we're really excited to be here. Um, you know, I, I was born. Uh, I was born in uh, the province of Quebec in Canada, so I'm a French-speaking Canadian uh, that moved to the U.S. in uh, 2006. Uh, I've been in the produce industry since 1989, and I've been loving it ever since uh, because of the people, the daily challenges. 
and most importantly, the industry's mission in providing healthy and nutritious food to consumers in North America and around the globe. Yeah. Uh, I've worked at Dole Fresh for 10 years and spent over 22 years at Del Monte. Uh, and throughout that career, uh, I, I lived in Montreal, Miami, Europe, and now I'm in sunny California. So that very excited, very excited to be with you. And thanks again for having us. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Well, you know, sunny California, that's a lovely place. No two ways about it. That's what we got. That's what we do well. We do sunshine and coastline pretty damn good. The rest of it, yeah, a little, little, little crazy sometimes, but it's nice. Well, let's get into this a little bit. Helen, I'm going to open up with you if we can. You know, coming out of the CPG space, um, you've literally walked into this crazy world that is produce, which is, in my opinion, I've never heard anybody from the CPG space, oh, it's exactly the same thing, because it is not. You know, um, the stuff that you do on your side is really at a nonstop pace. I mean, it's, it's a whole different world short, you know, it's, it's not like frozen chicken where you've got some shelf life. I mean, things are fast and furious. So my first question to you is what surprised you so far about produce versus, you know, versus the CPG side? Yeah, it's exactly what you touched on. Um, and that is just the urgency and decisiveness of the industry. And Brian Cooker, whom you had on the show earlier, really talked about this and Danny and I feel it in our bones here. I love that. That is how I thrive in a highly matrixed organization, a $16 billion company like General Mills, things just go slower. And though I've worked on short shelf like items like fresh chicken and, and yogurt, there is a different and very palpable feeling of urgency and decisiveness here that I love. And that just means we're not, and I love the phrase, uh, be quick, but don't hurry. So don't be uh, making poor decisions because of speed, but but really try to go with getting it to 85% and then going. And I really feel that in, in our business. And it frees you up as a leader to be able to lean in a little bit more um, and drive forward and experiment. So I have loved that part of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, being mindful is something I think that is imper you know, is imperative when you think about strategy in the produce business, right? You're going to be, if you think it's just going to be all flip a switch and go, it is going to nip you in the ass pretty fast. Yeah. Right. There's got to be, there's got to be, it really does. There's got to be purpose behind a lot of the decisions. To your point about the speed of which stuff goes, you know, you don't have forever, no. um, you know, and, and you're talking about from point A to point B to consumer. It's a lot of work in between to get that right. So talk a little bit, if we wouldn't mind, because I'm going to get a little bit deeper and eventually, but you know, what are you responsible for now with the folks at Calava? Yeah, so um, so Danny and I are the dynamic duo, and he's got the grown side. And I why don't we have capes on? Why, do we, why are we not wearing capes? <laughs> we only do that on Monday, sorry. <laughs> um, so I run the prepared business, and this is our historical foods business, which includes right. guacamole and salsa, as well as our uh, historical RFG business, which is our fresh cut fruits and vegetables. And we're getting more and more into the grab and go HMR, ready to eat, ready to heat uh, portion of things. So um, I have a real range of temperature states. I have a real range of consumer drivers, and we play in a lot of different places in the store. So highly dynamic and a lot of sort of organic growth coming from consumers desire for these products. So couldn't be more fun. Yeah, great point about what you do where, you know, uh, produce, an apple, right, is in that one area of the grocery store. You're in five, yep. potentially. You're all over the board. So your level of yeah. like what you've got to pay attention to, to again, back to what I said earlier about that mindfulness, 
that's a big responsibility for your division to try to play. You know, you, you guys are definitely playing that chessboard, you know, all the time, which is really impressive. I, I, I commend you for that. That's, that's a big undertaking, but you guys knock it out of the park. There's no doubt. All right, Double D, you're up next, baby. Come on, you're in the bullpen. I'm bringing you out now. For this <laughs> Double D. All right. So, I mean, your background, produce centric, right? You like, you know, you walked that walk for a long time. And what I love about what you're doing now, what your background is, what I found when I was doing my research and diving in this a little bit, is that, you know, you're taking that sales background that you have now and you're applying it into the growing responsibilities, which I think is fantastic. I had this, you know, that was part of what I came up with the, that mentality. And I think that it makes the sales perspective so much better when you actually get into the trenches about those growing decisions and being a part of those meetings that you need to hear to drive perspective into what you're responsible for. So tell me a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, how you're kind of blending the past and today together for yourself. Well, actually, Todd, that's a great question. And I don't know, have shitty questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? You're absolutely right. My background is sales, uh, but I've been involved in product management as well, which right. encompasses, you know, production, logistics, and P&L responsibilities. So very close to the growing side as well. So it, it's a, a slightly different dynamic uh, at Calavo, but I really view being involved uh, with the grower side and sales side as a, as a huge advantage uh, not only for myself, but for the company. Uh, you really get to live on the two sides of the spectrum and understand the challenges mm -hmm. and communicate with the different stakeholders with a broader perspective. Right. And what I mean by that is really get the grower side, their daily challenges along with what's happening at the point of sale and the consumer, and you blend both together and I really believe that it brings better decision-making and actually better conversation, uh, whether it's internally or with, with our uh, customer partners. So uh, I really view it as a big advantage. Thanks for joining the Toddversation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Toddversations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost 100 years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table. From tasty, wholesome produce to our freshly prepared foods, Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy, fresh-cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm-fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef-inspired solutions including fresh-cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Calavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours. Check us out at Calavo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I, I think that perspective, I, I think you're like that bridge, right? And I think it's really important. And you've got that strong background, so you're not one of these wobbly bridges, right? But you're, you got that bridge going on that really, I think when you blend those two together and find that commonality, I think your level of, of intelligent conversation back to your partners is a step above others. I truly believe that. I really, really do. I commend you guys for taking that approach. I think it's really strong. So, so your responsibility is in making sure that you got 10 boxes of what you need and those 10 boxes are out of here. Correct. So yeah. my responsibilities, basically sales, uh, the, the operations in the U.S., 
So we have infrastructure in the U.S. that we utilize to better serve our customers and also procurement, uh, you know, especially in the avocado world where uh, it's not solely California, Mexico, but now there's other players like Peru, Colombia coming in sure. and other players in Africa. So it's overseeing those opportunities and making sure that, uh, you know, for domestic and international sales that we're sourcing correctly and uh, making sure that the growth trends continue at Calavo. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a question out to, to, to both of you at this point. I want to get both of your perspectives on this. You know, you've come on board at Calavo and you are definitely filling some shoes of, you know, a couple of heroes that are out there. You know, Rob and Ron both have been around a long time and done some big things. Um, and you've joined a company right now that is literally on the launch pad and the fuse is lit, guys. I mean, it's going, right? I mean, there's, there's Calabo's on a trajectory, I think, unlike a lot of companies right now. So as a leader, you know, you're stepping into an already established kind of company culture. And, you know, that certainly could be challenging because, you know, you really are. You're the newbies that are in charge now, right? And, and it, it, I could see where that is intimidating in some ways. It, it would be to me, like, I think you'd have those moments of like, okay, I want to make sure I fit in. I want to, you know, in, in trying to find your stride within what already exists. So share with me a little bit about your leadership style and how you're kind of facing walking into like that. So I, go ahead, either uh, one, fight, fight for it. Okay, right now, okay. right now, Helen, arm wrestle, go. Helen, do you want me to go first? You go, you go, Dan. Okay, well, it, it's interesting. Yeah, you know what, we are, uh, when, I, when I first, or actually just before joining Calavo, I knew that the position was filling big, big shoes. Uh, Rob Wadeen has been with the company for 50 years. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. And I really, you know, not only knew, but also heard uh, and reminded that I was filling big shoes. But I have to say that Rob has been ex great uh, during the transition. Rob is still uh, at Calavo and we share a lot of information. There's not enough time to get all of Rob's information transferred over, but he's been, and, and Ron as well. I mean, but Rob and Ron have been extremely gracious uh, through the transition. And I don't think that Helen and, and I uh, can thank them enough. Now, yeah, I would, I, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was just agreeing with you. You said yeah. something smart, so I thought I better cut him on the back. <laughs> you know, I do, I do that once in a while. <laughs> But and as, as far as the leadership, you're absolutely right. You're coming into a culture, uh, you know, whether good or bad, it's irrelevant at this point. You're mandated to, to really push things forward. And without having a, a carved out leadership style, uh, in, in my case, I can only honestly say that I love teaching people, uh, people who wish to learn, which is important. Uh, listen to peop what people have to say, because I still find that even with the younger generation, they bring a lot to me, uh, their habits, sure. what they like. So I, I really love doing that. And the, the most important thing is empowerment, uh, empower the team to make decisions. And empowerment becomes so much so important. It really uh, helps build uh, the next generation of leaders that will eventually lead Calama. Yeah, so for sure. That's, that's that's kind of my uh, my style. I love well, you know, and and two, you know, you guys are under, you know, you guys are kind of putting everything together, right? You're one Calavo now, right? It, it's not it's not a division of it's just like you guys are a family afresh, and 
everybody kind of fits under that now. So that's that also is is bringing everybody together now, which is really exciting for you guys. Helen, over to you. Kind of same question. Talk a little yeah, bit about well, you know, I, that I culture just wanna, side. I just want to echo what Rob and Ron have done, um, just leaving us uh, such an incredible legacy to, to continue and grow. And I always say I stand on the, the shoulders of these giants who came before us. Um, they were part of the interview process. Uh, they, you know, had to bless us as we came in. So that was, that was helpful. And they've been incredibly um, just generous as, as Danny said, and, and gracious in, in, you know, helping us learn and, and take on the mantle. And I think it's in their interest too. You know, they care so much about the future of Colabo, their shareholders. Uh, and so we have had just a, you know, a, a, excellent opportunity in the two months that I get with with Ron to really learn that prepared business and Danny is more lined up with Rob so um, and then I just want to also echo that Danny is a teacher I can I can tell just coming in I am a newbie to the industry and I you know I've learned a lot from just listening to Danny he's always opening my open my questions and really is shows his passion through teaching so um, I would say I am a learner. I love to learn. I love to be challenged in new ways. And this has been great on the industry side for that. I'm definitely someone who believes that the wisdom of the crowd is an incredible asset that few use enough. So I, I, I start every tour with, uh, you know, every tour of a new business on listening and just doing a bit of a listening tour and understanding and identifying. And it's remarkable uh, in the first three weeks, what you can learn just by listening. And I, I think that the answer is always in the room. It's not like there's some genius idea that I'm going to come in with an agenda on. It's about listening to what are the opportunities and struggles. And our roles at this level is really about clearing, clearing hurdles and establishing vision. And so I think um, that's really how I like to lead. I think it's always hard to talk about leadership style if you are if you're someone who believes in humility, but that idea of um, confident humility is one that I try to bring with me. And especially in a situation where I don't know the industry inside and out, I know the business, I know how to market, I know how to drive sales and ops and, and growth. Um, but I'm very humble to the fact that there are different dynamics here. And um, that is what keeps me curious and excited. And it's also what lets me really empower my team as, as Danny was saying, because I don't know all the answers. You know, you said something I think is incredibly powerful. And I think more and more leaders need to reflect on the word about being humble and having mm -hmm. humility, mm -hmm. right? Because I think sometimes you have people that come in and it's like, all of a sudden I'm in charge, you're not in charge. And I'm going to make sure you always remember that on mm -hmm. a daily basis. And that's just such a shitty attitude for people to be around <laughs> all the time. It really is. Let's be honest. I mean, yes. but to be able to come in and to make people feel like they're in a better place in your presence is a sign of leadership that I think gets not enough attention. And when you can uplift people and you're about your spirit that comes out of you, you know, being humble, right? Having empathy, have all these things that we need to be looking back at our, you know, our fellow uh, non-aliens that are on this planet. I don't know about the aliens that are here. I know how that fits in, but nonetheless, it, <laughs> it speaks, but it speaks volumes, right? It speaks volumes about when I think about where you guys are going again, back to being on that launch pad, it speaks volumes about where I think you're going to end up when you start to look at management style like that. Um, I think it's incredibly powerful. So I commend both of you for, for the way you're approaching this. And you're right. I mean, a Rob and Ron, that's some big shoes. And look, these guys want to make you successful because they want to get the hell out the door. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, 50, so 
50 years? Are you shitting me? I'd be losing my mind if you weren't up to speed. <laughs> right. But I think it's just really important that people hear that. And I think it's really important that, and I appreciate you saying that. I mean, to me, that carries a lot of weight. Um, and I know that speaks a lot about Brian too, and the way that he leads, you know, and the way the company's yeah. heading. I just think it's, it's powerful. And I think that that translates not only to the people that are with you every day that are, that are busting hump to make it work, but I think it, 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 it also goes outwardly back to your customers that they feel that sense of like, this is a good, this is where we want to be with our business because of these reasons, right? Because of those character traits yeah. that are so apparent. Well, right? and it's, I mean, it's we, empty words. You know, we, we, our vision we'll talk about, it, I'm sure is, is really about embracing the humanity of it all and um, making, making fresh food accessible to all. And we can't speak those words without living it. And to your point, it starts at the very top with the CEO and Brian Cooker absolutely lives that. And then Danny and me and what we are able to bring. So we take that very seriously that making sure that our vision doesn't become just an outwardly facing thing, but really resonates internally and that we're upholding those behaviors. So that humanity, I hope you, I hope you feel from us. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think I just, again, I think it's incredibly powerful. And I think it's great to use that word from a leadership perspective, because I think that trickle down touches everybody in some way, right? Because everybody, everybody has the same wants and needs on this planet. We want to be loved. We want to be hugged. We want to be cared for. We want to, you know, (laughs) we want, but, but really honestly, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we lose that disconnect as, as, as people go up the ladder and businesses change, we lose the things that were important to us when we were down here, when we were the box boy, when we were cutting grandma's lawn for five bucks or whatever the case may be. I think it's incredibly important to keep that perspective. And I commend you both for, for the attitude that you bring and the thought process and the vision that you're throwing out there, because it is about winning, right? It is about building a community that's, that you, you know, that, that, that who knows what, you know, communities can be massive, right? They can be thousands of homes, right? And you're building that community now within that culture. And I think it's powerful. So right. kudos to you Good. both. Right. And, and, and Todd, if I may add, I, th- yeah. I think the, the, the people that have been here and have tenure with the company have made it, in my case, I've been, you know, I've been uh, with Calavo since early July. Uh, the, the people, the, the people have been great welcoming and it makes it so much easier um, to establish yourself and lead them. And everybody's, everybody's been great. Uh, and, and you can tell that there's a, a change happening at Calavo, which is extremely positive. Yeah, there's a good energy. I love it. Again, on the launch pad, fuse is lit. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, let's talk a little bit about what's going on, you know, new and exciting on the grow side. Well, there are a lot of things going on with growth side. I guess the most important one that happened recently is uh, on avocados, the opening of the Jalisco market uh, to the U.S. market, uh, yeah. which uh, Calavo was, was already uh, implemented in. And I, I think that's going to uh, that's going to allow us to continue to grow our avocado segment uh, and actually allow us to fully utilize our, our Mexican and U.S. infrastructure. Uh, to support the growth that we're looking for, and more importantly, to serve our customers. Um, other things, our tomato program continues to grow. Uh, we supply high-quality tomatoes year-round now, and that program's growing. Uh, our papaya program, obviously smaller in size, will continue to grow at a pace that's relative to its size. So, you know, we're really in growth mode, and I, it's... it's um, 
that's what's exciting. You're yeah. you're taking something that's built and you want to make it grow uh, even further, and, and that's been pretty exciting. So as I right. mentioned previously, the infrastructure that we have in the U.S. is located in strategic areas, and it serves our current programs. And there are also opportunities for Calavo to diversify into new categories uh, without getting specific into specifics. Uh, we want to get into new categories, which in turn provide additional growth, further improve our portfolio, and serve our customers. And the, more, the, the important point is improve our returns to Calavo and its shareholders. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I got to ask this question from the growth side because it's, it's a topic that I'm trying to bring up more and more and talk about, and that's, you know, water. Um, and it's certainly something that you are having meetings on going, holy crap, you mean I can't get a drink of water? I can't, what, what? what's happening in this state? <laughs> right. You know, so well, I'm just curious, you know, can you, do you have some, a little bit of perspective from, you know, thing I, I'm, and maybe from the angle, like, I, I know that this is something we all are conscious of, but now it's a little bit more, you know, almost in your face now, because it's a real reality of a lot of mm -hmm. things you all are doing. Can you touch a little bit about, you know, what you've learned, how you're feeling and your kind of your thought process in the water situation? Well, you know what, Todd, it goes, it, it, it's not just California. I mean, water hmm. supply is important, uh, is really, it's important. It's always been and continues to be a concern. Um, yeah. It really doesn't matter what areas of the industry you operate in, whether it's growing or even transformation, of, of fruits and vegetables where you utilize a lot of water. Um, Calavo's made a commitment to sustainability and it's become a part of who we are. Most importantly, I believe the industry also made uh, significant improvements to reduce water consumption. But at the same time, there's more work that needs to be done in that area. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no doubt. Um, you know, in the areas we operate, we all obviously, uh, you know, we meet regulations. We try to exceed them. We have, you know, uh, teams that make sure that we comply. And um, it's it's an issue that stays that really stays on the radar all the time um, with you know with Calavo and our partner growers. And it's it's something that that will continue to evolve. Yeah, it's it's a big issue. Yeah, well, look, it's a big issue. And in fact, it's part of your sustainability outlook is really, really important. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Helen, over to you. All right. What's for lunch over on your side? What do you got new and exciting coming up your sleeve? What, what <laughs> secret? What's it? Come on. What do you got? What are you dropping? Yeah. On? Well, I'm You're really sure, excited. Don't worry about it. The shareholders don't need to know. We're, the SEC's really not going to get you. Don't worry to, about it. To show it all at, at IFPA, that's going to be such a great chance, not only to catch up with folks, but get to debut some of our some of our new items and brands and I think, you know, as I think about this business, it's really about delivering on convenience, convenience and freshness. Like it's so um, fundamental and I'm not, <laughs> there's no new news there. It's been that way for 50 years, but our ability to do that, our ability to make it easier for consumers to eat in a fresh way quickly um, is, a, is a real opportunity. So you'll see some great innovation we have coming that's really focused on that prepared, easy to eat, easy to grab and go. And then also important is I think the brand side and not just brand for vanity's sake or for, you know, building our, our um, share of, of business, but really about trust. That's what I think brands are a way to build trust. And I don't know about you, when I go to my cabinets 
and I see the brands I love, it makes me feel good. When I go to my friends' houses, that's the first one of the first things I do is look at their brands. That's uh, you know, not too you, creepy. That's no, not too creepy. No. no. <laughs> it's in their kitchen, not their bathroom. But Okay, fine. <laughs> but, you know, brands are our friends. They are they are an in, uh, instiller of trust. And yeah. we have been, we have had such an incredible relationship driving retailer uh, brands and being the force behind, you know, Kroger, Trader Joe's, et cetera. We're excited to debut our Collabo brand, and we have a new look and feel to that that really embodies what the business and our vision is about. You'll you'll see you see it on our backgrounds if for anyone who's watching this on YouTube. Um, so that's exciting for us. Not to say we're going to let the the pedal off the metal at all with our retailer mm-hmm. customers, but just to say we're offering our own brand as well. And then on the prepared side, I'm also excited. We're launching a partnership with Old El Paso which um, is actually coincidentally a brand from my past. It's a General Mills old brand, uh, General Mills owned brand that really signifies, you know, quality, value, trust in bringing these new and fresh um, taste profiles to the American business. So, so mm-hmm. we've got an old El Paso guacamole and salsa that's debuting. So I couldn't be happier about that cool. as a way to just drive, drive excitement in that category. Yeah, well, you know, you said you touch, you know, I want to come back around and something. You talk about brands with trust. You know what's so I think you know, unique about produce and 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 fresh food as well is that a lot of this is about morals and values, right? People get to make decisions about how that peach smells. People get, you know, they don't do that with a paper towel. And and I think it's really important that we remember the opportunity we have to touch people in such a way um, with these products because they get to pick what avocado they want and display, right? And so That's I think a great it's yeah, point. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's 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 great. And I love when you talk about trust in a brand because I don't again, I think those are words that sometimes aren't necessarily in brand development conversations. And I I, I think that's really great. I want to ask you another question though, um, about what you're doing in relationship to today's economy, because you know, mm-hmm. let's face it, it is what it is and it's not gonna get better tomorrow. Um, how are you viewing that within your category? Yes, it's an opportunity. I mean, you're seeing it as, as, you know, and how it's playing into the value add side. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, economies go up and down, no matter what consumers are looking for value. And often, even in a recession, consumers are willing to pay more for quality. So we have to be out there thinking about what is the right sort of value equation for consumers. Where are they willing to pay more and where should we be offering more value and giving a range of that? So um, we absolutely think of that in our development. We think about, is this a good, a better, or a best opportunity in this category or with this brand? We think about what is the consumer need? And mm-hmm. you know, consumers generally are willing to pay more for convenience because you've taken some of the steps out for them and we've we've done the work for you. But that doesn't mean, you know, we still want to offer um, the best value. And it's a super competitive marketplace right now, you know, both on the fresh side as well as, um, you know, on the more CPG side with guacamole. We've got a lot of competitors coming in. And um, so I, I think it's it's relevant um, what the, the external economy is doing, but it always comes down to just what's the right value equation for the product. And that's yeah. no matter what. Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, kind of go down this vein. I had a conversation um, about private label and I hadn't had a conversation about private label in a while. I don't know. I just obviously it's not something I try to talk about every week or every day, but nonetheless, we had a conversation and 
it was interesting to me when we were talking about in this current economy, the issue of private label versus branded. And so I'm gonna throw this question to both of you. You can literally, you can fist fight over it or one of you, whatever you wanna do. I'm gonna let (laughs) let you guys decide. But A, I'd like to know kind of in your mindset or in your opinion, what's the difference between private label and branded for those that don't know, kind of give a little 411 on that. But what are your thoughts on the topic today, um, private label versus branded? I know it's a little curveball curveball question, but I think it's relevant. (laughs) When we're talking about I feel the economy so and passionate inside. about this. I'm going to jump in and then Danny's go. Danny, <laughs> just sit on your hands. I, you know, I was just reflecting the other day. I wrote a, I wrote a paper in business school about the growth of private label and nothing has become more true than, than, you know, what I posited low those 25 years ago. I actually don't like the term private label because I think that that harkens to a day of like a white label with black writing that you can imagine you know, it's saying, or, you know, uh, sandwich cream cookies instead of Oreo. I think that it's really more appropriate to call them um, retailer brands because they have a ton of clout now and talk about trust. You know, I've done lots of studies in the past on the, the, where does the brand that I'm working on stack up versus Trader Joe's? And there are times in which the brand I'm working on does not win that Trader Joe's has so much power and trust and credibility that they can beat out a brand that's investing millions of dollars in advertising. Um, I think that's happening because, you know, Trader Joe's is building its reputation through a whole store approach. And by the way, I should also say Kroger, Safeway, Albertson, and yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of other ones. <laughs> I'm using an example. Please don't get back to the retailers. If they but get pissed the, off about that, they got other problems. Now, this yeah, isn't no, but, one of them. They're doing a great job. They're they're really being thoughtful and cultivating an image that has a lot of power. So, so you know, it's an interesting relationship we have because we supply a lot of those retailers. And so, on the one hand, they're they're friends to us. On the other hand, we do still compete with them in some categories. So it's a little bit of that frenemy relationship. You know, I think all of us are trying to do trying to live out our visions of providing more fresh. Uh, products and convenience to consumers. So we're all in it in the same way. And it just, you know, which which brand or which um, which uh, mark we put on the package varies by segment, but um, we're all in it to do the same thing, which is which is grow the grow the segment category. Yeah, great. You know, and you talked about trust before, right? That you're right. The, the private label brand is really, I think, established a high level of trust. Yeah. with consumers, right? And because they expect the grocery stores to do the heavy lifting for them, right? They expect right. to be able to walk in and everything be like, I don't want a problem when I shop. That's your job to solve for me. And I think when you look at that private label growth, that's what we were talking about. We look at that private label growth. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the consumers are like, they did the heavy lifting. So this yeah. is something I can lean into and don't have to think twice about, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It really is. Over to you, Double D. Any thoughts on the private label side? I'm with Helen. Uh, yeah, you can't really stop that. I'm just saying, I'm trying to be nice. About no, it. no, so, I'm with, I'm with <laughs> Todd, you know what? I'm, I'm with Helen, and I really uh, qualify it as retailer branding, uh, not private label. I think we're past private label today. Um, and it's evolved significantly over the last decades. And it's, it's something that everybody acknowledges. Now, a little bit different than Helen, I think, when you're selling commodities or whole uh, fresh whole products, it becomes a little bit uh, different with having retailer branding. Um, you know, you, 
it makes sense if you're you know if you're talking to let's say bag salads or bagged oranges and i know i'm not making friends here but anyways i'm going to mention those categories anyway but there's some other categories that are much more uh, volatile whether it's mm -hmm. year on year month on month quality sourcing uh, and it becomes much more difficult to have a strategy around retail branding um, and, you know, if we take avocados, for example, uh, you know, Calavo is a well-known name, a trusted name. And it, 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 it really, it really depends on the categories you target. And I think it's a higher risk for anyone to get into retail branding when you're dealing with highly volatile products or categories. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a really good point. So you came on top and did well. You threw a little cherry on the set. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Well, let, let's let's talk about that. I'm going to get a little deeper into that, if you don't mind. I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, an effective positioning strategy, right? Because you're in that role now, right? You're you're part of that positioning conversation, and I think strategy along that line is really critical, not only for your, you know, your shareholders, but it factors in supply, logistics, economic challenges we're facing, you know, and basically anything else that life can conjure up and throw at us, you know, things can get sideways quick in this world. So if you can, and I'm, again, fist fight for it, who wants to go first? How's Calavo uh, being positioned for the next five or 10 years? Or what's that vision looking like? Well, we are in the, in the midst of um, creating it and really living out that value. I think it, touches on some of the themes we talked about before. Calavo is a 98 year old brand. We're, you know, we're reaching our century mark. And so it would be silly of us to try to recreate the wheel. What we really did in the process is look back to what the company was built on and what values have sustained it. And at the core, it's about doing the right thing all the time. When no one's watching, when it doesn't seem to matter, we do the right thing. And I think what makes a vision powerful is when it resonates with consumers, customers, and employees. And that, you know, I think that is very galvanizing. And maybe it sounds very basic, but I think all of us have had bad bosses, bad companies, bad experiences where that isn't always true. And so if you really try to do that and and be be clear on what doing the right thing means. That's about what we're delivering to shareholders, what we're delivering to consumers, making sure that we're walking that line is really critical. And Danny touched on our sustainability um, strategy and how we're really leaning into that. And we see the importance that is a great example of doing the right thing. It's not just because we're being um, told or we have rules we have to follow. It's about what's the right thing for the planet, what's the right thing for our business in the long term? So I would say that's really where you know at the core where we're positioning around. Um, and I'll, I'll let Danny build on that. Right. I mean, there, there's not much to build. There's a lot to build on, and you said a lot of a lot of the things that resonate with me. Uh, you know, it, it's all about uh, it's all about the the service that we can provide. It's all about uh, additional. Uh, growth that we can provide, uh, Calavo, and most importantly, when you provide growth to, to the Calavo, it really trickles down to the employees, their families, their well-being, and I think we're really focused. Uh, we're people-oriented. Our approach is doing the right thing, and it's it's really uh, it's more of our way of doing business. And ensure that we build the next generation of leaders that'll lead Calavo. So it's encompassing what Helen 
uh, just discussed, but also looking ahead at one, you know, value for Calavo, the people, and also uh, making sure that we, uh, we innovate and we continue to service uh, our customers um, and, you know, increase the opportunities uh, with yeah. our with, with our trade and uh, with our customer partners. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Todd Versations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost 100 years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table. From tasty, wholesome produce to our freshly prepared foods, Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy, fresh-cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm-fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef-inspired solutions including fresh-cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Calavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours. Check us out at Calavo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I love what you said about, you know, it's about doing the right thing and not necessarily doing the right thing and getting the credit. Just do the mm-hmm. right thing because. Mm-hmm. And I think so much um, goes into a lot of times of making sure that you knew what I did for you, as opposed to, I just did it. And it just yeah. made life better all the way around. I think that's just really commendable. And I think that when you talk about building your business, the way you're doing, being on that launch pad and what's going to be happening, we start looking at vision. I think that, you know, I, I say this all the time to my clients. I say this all the time on this broadcast, you know, when you build things, you've got to make the first rung of that ladder, the strongest. Mm-hmm. And then you can withstand some wobbling as you go up. But if the bottom of the base is not strong, it doesn't matter what happens up here? Because you're just going to wobble always. Every That next step starts wobbling. And so it's so important that trust, the things we talked about today, trust, commitment, you know, sustainability, social responsibility, all these things that are out there, you know, being people first are so imperative, I think, as you guys are scaling this thing up. You know, that I mean, what a great way to be on that launch pad when you've got some real good core values that are the pillars of that ladder. And, you know, I, I just commend you guys for, for the attitude that you're bringing to this and the perspective that you have, because to me, when I look at a business or assessor to kind of pull the sheets back and say, okay, what's this all about? The things you're talking about today are the things that encourage me about the longevity that a brand can be, because no matter what obstacles are in front of you or the hurdles that mother nature throws at you, if you build it the right way, the conversations you have with your end users, your customers becomes much more meaningful because they know that what you're saying is the truth. They know what you're facing and yeah. they know that we have to get together and solve it together. Right. right. I just think it's powerful. Yeah. It's really cool. Can I, Transpar- can I transparency. Go, oh, yeah. go, 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 go. Well, I was going to build, I really love what you said, Todd, about the foundation and, and it, you know, and not being built on a, a house of sand, you got to make sure that that first rung is strong. And I just wanted to comment. I have worked on brands like hamburger helper and, fruit by the foot. And those brands have a place in people's lives and they nourish lives. And I don't need to disparage them in any way. But when you have this true privilege of working on fresh fruits and vegetables, it is, I mean, we are already doing the right thing. We are helping people have a healthy lifestyle. So I think that foundation is so pure 
and we're really leading from the right place. We care about it. We live the brand. We, we, you know, especially being in California, we care a lot about health and well-being and lifestyle. And I think um, I just I just really like that it's um, it's not just words. There are a lot of brands out there that talk about nourishing lives. We truly feel like we are doing that with what we're offering. So when we sell, um, we can feel very genuine and earnest in believing this is the right thing to do for our employees, customers, consumers, and planet. Yeah. Double D, you want to come on top of that or anything? No? I don't know if you had something you wanted to say. If not, I know. I'm just, I know. I, 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 just, I just mentioned following your comment, it's really about transparency yeah. and being transparent, uh, you know, with, with, our employees and also our, our customers. And I, I think that's the, uh, that's the vision and that's the mandate that we have. And it's, I, I don't, I really shouldn't say mandate because it's really part of who we are. And I think uh, Brian's done a great job of, uh, of surrounding himself with leaders that are transparent and uh, it, it's fruitful for the organization. Well, look, transparent, not transactional, right? That's what's going to win the day yeah. fresh, 100%. Correct. So tell me a little bit. We got IFP. I mean, I know you guys are going, this is going to be, well, for you, Helen, is this your first one, I'm assuming, right? It is. Double D, you're old school with this. You know you know where to go to get a cocktail. I'm, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> I mean, what are you looking forward to besides, you know, getting to see me and getting a hug and all that good stuff? But I mean, what's exciting and what do you, you know, uh, I mean, and not, not necessarily maybe for you, Helen, about Calavo, but maybe about the experience itself, because I'm sure you've been all over the Google machine, you know, what's there, who's there and looking, who's speaking, whatever the case may be. So tell me a little bit what you're looking forward to, what we can look forward to. I don't even know what the hell the question I'm asking, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Danny, you start. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what? Besides getting a hug from you, Todd, I'm really looking forward to walking the floor and uh, introducing Helen uh, in Orlando. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, this will be the first major show since the unification of United Fresh and PMA. Yeah. And I'm really excited to be part of it. Uh, as past United chair, I was part of the team that made this merger possible. And attending the first IFPA summit really has a is really meaningful for me. That's cool. Uh, that, that is really cool. Um, and you know what? If, when you take a look back, you know, we've all been through challenging times over the past two, three years. Uh, and, you know, in the last year, we've seen a lot of energy at regional shows. And yeah. that energy is going to move on to Orlando in a much bigger setting. And, you know, I think the industry is going to really be happy to interact uh, together again. Um, it's a, it's a great, it's a great venue to interact with industry stakeholders, our customers showcase new products. And uh, I really look forward to interacting with those customers, suppliers, old friends. Uh, we're in an industry that's so dynamic and in large part due to the people that make up this industry. And, uh, you know, the people are the ones that make this industry move forward and makes this industry so wonderful. So, and I'm looking forward to bringing Helen, uh, you know, within the industry and have her meet some of the outstanding people that make it up. I love it. How about you, Helen? What it. are you looking forward to? Well, it's funny. The, the besides, of, besides ditching Danny. I'm just so <laughs> well, that's what I was going to comment on. The piece of advice that my team said is no matter what you do, do not walk the floor with Danny Dumas or Brian Cooker because they are like celebrities. You're gonna. You're not gonna make it more than three feet before they're stopped, 
and hugged and you know praised and all that. So yeah. I'm and Danny's, you don't want to see Danny's groupies, trust me. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's exciting though. I mean, yeah, you know, no, it's gonna be great. I I really look forward to just immersing in the industry. I've been parts of lots of other uh, industry shows, and I know that there's just a lot of energy and optimism that comes out of those. Um, so I'm excited to immerse. I, um, I will be wearing sneakers. I was, I, I heard that was frowned upon, but I, I intend to walk the whole thing. And so I will be comfortable doing it. And, um, and then just getting to meet our customer partners too. It's just, it's such an opportunity to hear what's on their minds, what they're resonating with. We're going to have a big, beautiful, uh, booth that's going to really showcase, um, what we have. And, uh, I'm excited for folks to stop by. I hope they'll I hope they'll stop by and say hi to Danny and me. Oh, I'm sure that they're going to. And you're absolutely right. You know, you can do, you can go a lot of places in a pair of black Jordans and people have no idea what you're wearing. Trust me. <laughs> Tennis <laughs> shoes are a good thing. I learned that. I, yeah. As you got older, it's like, screw those shoes all day. Now I'm going, <laughs> I'm going back. I'm going back. Yeah. And I'm with you there. I'll be in the same boat. I'll have the running shoes on, but okay, I'll probably good. be, I'll probably be in shorts though. Cause I can be. Nice. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> This has been a ton of fun, you guys. I appreciate you both hanging out with me today. I really do. I'm glad we had this opportunity to kind of get to know each other a little bit, talk about what you're about. I appreciate your candor about the vision and, and the thoughts that you guys threw into this and some of the stuff that we covered today, because I think it's so important that people hear you know, from your heart what you're about and where you're taking it, what Calavo's turning into. Um, it's super exciting. Like I said, you guys are on the launch pad. The fuse is lit. Let's go, man. It's exciting. I really do appreciate you being oh, here. Though. Thank you, Todd. We felt the same way. It was great. Great fun. Well, thank you for saying that at the end. Generally, people say they're excited when they get here and they don't say a whole lot at the end. So I'll take that as a double win. <laughs> honey, badger, honey badger on Mountain Dew. You 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 saw that vision through. I loved it. Yeah, I know. I, I Yeah. You know, it's good to be a honey badger. I, I appreciate that every once in a while. Thank you, Everybody, Todd. You know what? It was it was really a ton of fun. So hey. I appreciate, appreciate the time. And uh, I look forward to... Uh, I'll see you in the bar, Danny. In Orlando. I'll see you in the bar. I'll see you in the bar, Danny. Just cut to the chase. Don't try to fluff <laughs> it up. Any. You're giving me a bad rap here. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for watching and listening to us today. I say it all the time. Go inspire somebody. It's incredibly important. These two are a source of inspiration. They're leading the charge at Calavo. I'm proud of what they're doing. I'm excited about this company. There's no two ways about it. That's why they're on this platform with me. But inspiring people is such an important thing that we can do. It's a hello. It's, it's, it's a high five. It's just checking on somebody's day. Those are all things that can uplift our planet and our society and our global community we live on. We need to do more of it. So stay inspired, be inspired, and pass that back to somebody. Thanks for being here. Check us out on social media, TLC underscore conversation. I say it all the time. We're there because that's where the cool kids are, and apparently we're cool kids. So be a part of the crowd, and let's hang out together. We'll see you whenever we see you, and thanks for watching. Take care, and uh, be good. <laughs>